Welcome to Reframe the Game. My name is Kent Games. I'm an athletic trainer, educator, and lover of breakthroughs. In this perspective-shifting podcast, we bring you the mindset, the motivation, and the methods to help you develop as a conscious healthcare provider. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's dive in. Athletic trainers, what if you could be doing more for your career, for your patients, for yourself? The Indiana State Doctorate in Athletic Training Program can help you get there. You will learn the skills to practice at the top of your scope and show your value in healthcare. Interested? Go to www.indstate.edu forward slash DAT. That's I N D S T A T E. Dot edu forward slash dat for more information or to apply today. Welcome back to Reframe the Game. This episode is all about gratitude and how we can live in gratitude as athletic trainers, even when it gets really hard. And I'm so grateful that you are here joining me today because we've got a lot of application examples and ways you can integrate gratitude and a gratitude practice into your life and into your professional practice immediately. Before we get started, and before you skip this episode because you think a practice of gratitude is some new age voodoo, let me assure you that the effects of gratitude have been studied for over 2,000 years, and there's a real benefit when you have a gratitude practice. And it's been demonstrated in modern psychological research, which we'll dive into a little bit later on in this episode. So don't leave me if you're a skeptic of a gratitude practice. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, we will make you a believer or at least move you on the continuum a little bit enough to be able to try a practice of gratitude for a couple days. So let's start with a definition of gratitude. Well, I guess we should say, let's start with a discussion about the definition of gratitude. There are so many different examples or so many different definitions of gratitude. And when I was looking up the literature on this, there are at least 10 different definitions scattered throughout the psychological literature today that you can find online. And despite the range of definitions, Most of the definitions include the following four components. Gratitude is a deep sense of appreciation for what is. The second component is that gratitude is an emotion or a state of being. The third common component in the definition of gratitude is that gratitude can be both worldly, meaning interpersonal exchanges or things, And it can also be transcendent, so it can be spiritual in nature. It doesn't have to be a physical gift that is received. And that really brings us to the last component of the definition of gratitude, and that is it is a response to a gift. And I use gift loosely because gift can be something worldly or a gift can be something spiritual. So it's a response into something that you have received in life. I think that is one of the starting points here. You have to approach life in that life is happening for you, not life is happening to you. 
And what this means in terms of the definition is that gratitude is a sense of acknowledgement and deep appreciation with an understanding that the gift can be taken away at any moment. And that there are many people on this planet who don't have this gift that you have, and they'll never have the opportunity to experience what you're experiencing right now. It's an acknowledgement and a deep appreciation for the non-permanence of life, for the fact that what's here now may be gone tomorrow. It may be gone in an instance. What you have and what feels so secure actually isn't that secure. It's an appreciation of that. It's an appreciation that we will at one day not wake up. It's the acknowledgement and, again, a deep appreciation of all the good things and the bad things that we encounter in our lives. It's not only being happy and being joyful. I think being joyful and being happy are two great things to strive for, but let's be real. We're not always going to be happy, and we're not always going to be joyful, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean we cannot approach our day with a sense of appreciation and a sense of acknowledgement that regardless of it's good or bad or neutral or horrible or fantastic, we can take a sense of gratitude into those encounters or into those moments. I think part of the definition where it says it can be worldly or a transcendent experience or a transcendent gift, this really means that it can be discrete things like coffee or, I mean, I think many athletic trainers probably appreciate coffee every single day or electricity, or it can be something more abstract like health, right? Like our health is something that we're grateful for. And from my perspective, there are two things in life that can help us get through difficult situations. And those two things are gratitude and giving or being to service of others. I'm sure we'll dive into the topic of being to service of others and giving uh, some other time. But gratitude is really a medicine that we can use and an action that we can take and a tool that we have in our toolkit to help us engage in self-care, help us engage in self-care in those moments of difficulty. And I believe that living in gratitude is a way of being that develops resilience, and it develops perseverance, and it generates strength. All of those things help us withstand the challenges that we face every day as athletic trainers, in our personal life, in our professional life, in the challenges that come with being an athletic trainer, the strain between our personal lives and our professional responsibilities. All of that's hard, and we need to develop resilience, and we need to develop perseverance, and we need to generate strength so we can move through those difficult situations with grace, with poise, and do it in a sustainable way. And we've not really been having these discussions in athletic training. I think more recently, in the last two to three years, I've been seeing conversations on social media related to gratitude and the power of gratitude, but we're not having community-based conversations and serious conversations as with a practice of gratitude being a mechanism of self-care that can increase the vitality of the profession and also 
increase the sustainability of the profession for athletic trainers so we can pursue athletic training as a lifelong career. And at the end of that lifelong career or that journey, we move out of the working phase of our life, we're not totally exhausted, right? It can help us persevere through those difficulties that we inevitably will face as a professional, uh, particularly as a helping professional, and specifically with the types of challenges we face as athletic trainers, having so many stakeholders working with so many different types of people with so many different types of needs in our clinics every single day. By increasing our resilience and increasing our perseverance, like I said, I think that we can improve the retention in our profession and the vitality of the profession and the sustainability of a career in athletic training. Athletic training is really hard. Life can be really challenging and frustrating at times as an athletic trainer. There are days that are easy. There are days that are not challenging. There are days that are invigorating. And then there are days that are just hard. It doesn't matter how you slice it or it doesn't matter the spin you put on it. It's just difficult. And we have to have a tool in our toolkit to help move us through those difficult situations. So athletic training does become sustainable for everyone if we choose that throughout our career. And, you know, and I think it helps, again, with the robustness of what a career in athletic training can look like. So now that we know what gratitude is, I want to talk about how we can cultivate it. And I want to talk about what it looks like and what it feels like and some of the actions that are behind that. It's really a shift in how we look at everything in our lives. And we look at everything in our lives with a sense of wonder and a sense of appreciation. Even the challenges, we look at that with appreciation. I would even say especially the challenge we look at with a sense of appreciation and wonder. It releases blame And we can start to ask ourselves, I wonder why this is happening to me right now. And it creates opportunities for us to directly influence our current situation so we can move forward from that and we can move forward with the lessons we've learned and we can be grateful and we can live in gratitude and appreciation for the challenges or the great things that have happened for us. And I think it's really easy to appreciate the good things in life and the obvious things, like a day off, an award, being acknowledged by your colleagues, being acknowledged by the patients that you work with, having a loving partner. It's easy to appreciate those worldly gifts like coffee, a warm bed to sleep in, the fact that you have a job, the fact that you're getting paid whatever you're getting paid you know, and the fact that our services are in demand. To have a job and to appreciate that people want you or people need you or they have a perception that they need you and they're asking for your availability is something to be grateful for. There are so many people in this world who no one's knocking on their door, no one's calling them up and saying, hey, we'd really like your talents and abilities to come add value to what we're trying to do. Obviously, there needs to be boundaries and whatnot, but that's a really powerful place to be in. 
But where it gets a little harder is when we try to appreciate those things that aren't so obvious and those things that have kind of just been part of us our entire lives, like our lungs, our eyes, our heart, our breath. The the simple fact that you woke up this morning, the fact that you have the technology, the internet connection, the time to listen to this, you have the anatomical and the physiological gifts to be able to listen and comprehend and hopefully take action on what you're hearing and what you're integrating into your mind. That is something that not everyone else on this planet has. And this is something that others may have had. And now they don't. It was taken away from them for whatever reason. So where it gets really hard and where gratitude and appreciation get most difficult is when we're asked to be grateful for the challenges in our lives. So like traffic or getting fired or having a poor patient outcome or ending a relationship having a relationship fall out with a colleague or a friend or having a death, you know, having a death happen in your family or in your circle. You know, those things are really difficult to approach with a sense of gratitude. As I'm talking about this, I'm I'm very aware that there's this notion of toxic positivity. And if you're familiar with that, you may be asking yourself, Ken talking about trying to be grateful and being positive in all of these difficult situations. And I I want to make a note here that when we talk about having gratitude for the challenges in our lives, I'm not meaning that we simply skip over how we're feeling about the situation. Life can be hard and frustrating. And to be quite honest with you, sometimes life is pretty lousy. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge all of our feelings, and we have to feel all of our feelings. We can't just say, I'm not going to feel sad, I'm not going to feel anger, or I'm going to cut myself off from fully feeling sadness or fully feeling anger or fully feeling joy for that matter. We have to acknowledge all of those feelings, and we have to feel those throughout the process, the good and the bad and the neutral. We must do that. You have to give yourself permission to validate yourself. I feel sad right now. And you can express those emotions however you choose to express those emotions. You don't have to say, you know, I'm just going to be grateful for this situation. I'm going to be grateful for this really lousy situation that I'm in right now. You don't have to say that. You can approach the situation and say, man, this really sucks. This is a really lousy situation. And I feel really sad and I feel a little angry and I feel betrayed and I feel like I'm not enough. It's okay to validate yourself and feel those feelings. Once you've done that and your emotions have run their course and they've moved through you, this is where you turn to gratitude in the challenges in your life. Because turning to gratitude will help you move forward. Feeling feelings is a human experience. And that's okay. That's going to happen whether or not we want to. If we try to resist feeling all of our feelings, it will manifest itself in other ways in our lives, right? It it may be like a pressure cooker where like the little things that irritate us 
suddenly turn into this really big blow up and uh, we release all of our steam and our colleagues or our friends or our partners or our children aren't sure what's going on. <laughs> and, and they ask you, why are you so angry? And you can't really put your finger on it because you're not experiencing those feelings. But after the events happened and after we've experienced our feelings and after we felt our feelings, it is our responsibility to move forward. It's our responsibility as a human to move forward and hopefully make sense of that, make sense of that situation. And that's where gratitude comes in. Gratitude helps you move forward. It helps you move forward in a way where you approach the world like the universe is conspiring in your favor. When I say the universe, you can put whatever belief system you want in. You can say big G, little G, lots of G's, no G, the force, the awakening, the mother load, the Mandalorian, mathematics, whatever you want to use. You can replace the universe with whatever your belief system is, but I'll continue to use universe in my conversation today. But the universe is conspiring in your favor. Regardless of your belief system, we're here to do something. Even if our belief system is we're here, we live, and we die, and that's it. Why are we here? The universe isn't here to make our lives totally difficult and miserable, and that's the point. All of these things in our lives, all of the challenges we face, all of the successes we experience are for our benefit. You have to believe that the universe is in the business of helping you out. I think that's a fundamental mindset shift that anyone who wants to have a serious gratitude practice has to embrace. You have to embrace this idea, and not even the idea, the belief that the universe is in the business of helping you out. That's what it's there for. It's there to help you out. And with that, the motivation you have every day is to have an attitude of gratitude. It sounds silly and it sounds cliche, but it's so powerful. Having an attitude of gratitude changes the energy you bring to your day. So you've got this mindset that the universe is conspiring in your favor. The universe is here to help you out. And then you wake up every day with an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to be grateful for the things that I experience in my life every single day, good or bad. I'm going to process the feelings. I'm going to feel all my feelings. And once I've gone through that process, I'm going to choose gratitude. I'm not going to choose lack or scarcity or being ungrateful in this specific situation. That's the energy that you bring to your day. And that shifts the way individuals interact with you and how you interact with individuals. Gratitude helps you have more of whatever you're seeking in your life. If you're familiar with manifestation, if you're grateful for what you have, you'll end up having more of what you want. If you focus on what you don't want or what you don't have, you'll never have enough. You'll never have enough of that thing that you're focusing on what you don't have. So it could be money, it could be time. It could be a meaningful relationship. It could be loving partners, whatever that is. If you are grateful for what you have, you'll end up having more of what you want. If you focus on what you don't have, you will never have enough. And I think that really ties in to another 
key component of gratitude and a practice of gratitude. So gratitude is both a feeling and it's an action. There's a quote, and hopefully I don't mess it up, but there's a quote by Henry Frederick Emile. He wrote, thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in acts. I absolutely love that quote. Let me read that one more time for you. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words, and gratitude is shown in acts. This really drives home the point that gratitude isn't simply a feeling. It's a way of being based in action. The core of gratitude is action. The precursor to gratitude is thankfulness. And too often we get thankfulness and gratitude confused. You know, gratitude requires action. Thankfulness is simply saying that you're thankful. If you're grateful for something, you need to honor the gratitude through your action. That could be as simple as smiling. That could be going into a situation and not complaining. That may be going through your life and learning. You don't want to get up for an 8 a.m. class, but you can be grateful. You can be in gratitude and honor that by showing up and engaging and learning in that situation. Maybe it's saying thank you. Maybe it's expressing your gratitude in the form of service to others, gifts, or sharing your talents and abilities with the world. Maybe that's how you express your gratitude. Again, gratitude is based in action. Thankfulness is based in words. So being thankful and living in gratitude are two different things. Thankfulness is saying you are grateful for the challenge. Gratitude is honoring your struggle with action. So another example of this is, I'll relate this back to health, because I think that's something that is a human experience. We are all aware of our health and the challenges we may face with that, the opportunities or this kind of vision of where we think we want to be, whether that be physique or weight or blood lipid levels or, you know, the food we eat, whatever that may be, right? We have this, this idea in our head of maybe where we want to be. So thankfulness is saying, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that I have two lungs, one heart, two kidneys, 10 fingers, 10 toes, and I was able to, to walk today. That's thankfulness. Gratitude is honoring your health with appropriate fuel, appropriate movement, rest, play, creativity, spirituality, insert whatever you'd like to do in how you can honor yourself and honor your health. This means committing to the things that you're grateful for through action. So find ways and find opportunities to show your gratitude. If you're grateful for a person, if someone went out of their way, or maybe they didn't think they went out of their way, but you felt gratitude towards them for their actions, your action to show and to live in gratitude isn't simply to say, wow, I'm really thankful for, for John. Or I'm really thankful for Alicia. 
It's to take the next step and express that gratitude to them. Thank you for helping me, Alicia. That is the axe of gratitude. And I think this discussion on thankfulness and gratitude really hits home for us as athletic trainers and in the profession of athletic training. I think that in athletic training, we often practice thankfulness without the action. What I'm trying to say is that we say we're thankful and we may say we're grateful, but we don't engage in the action of gratitude, which really leads to a false sense of gratitude and something that is intellectual as opposed to emotional. Because if you go back to framework of what gratitude is, it's a feeling and an action. It's not an intellectual endeavor. It's not an intellectual goal. It's not, it's not an intellectual thing. It's a feeling. It's an emotional. It's an emotional component and an action and a behavior component. And the approach by leaving it intellectual and creating this false sense of gratitude by confusing thankfulness and gratitude, it leads us to alter our perspective. And we end up internalizing challenges as some sort of professional or character flaw. We end up blaming ourselves or we end up blaming the profession or we end up blaming our colleagues for the challenges we face. And we say, well, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, I do all these things, but nothing's changing. The question is, are you truly practicing gratitude or are you being thankful? When we live in gratitude, it helps us develop the psychological hardiness to embrace the struggles of our practice, of being an athletic trainer, of being a human, of being a partner, of being a friend, of being whatever hat we have on in that moment with poise, with grace, and with responsibility. That's really the magic of gratitude. It's not magic. That's the science of gratitude. That is the science of gratitude. When you live in gratitude with the emotional component and the behavioral component, you build psychological hardiness and you're able to embrace the struggle and you're able to respond to the struggles of life and the difficulties of life, which will happen with poise, grace, and responsibility. CBD has become increasingly popular for the treatment of pain, anxiety, focus, sleep, and more. We've partnered with Sweat CBD, who delivers 100% natural, full-spectrum CBD oil, gummies, and lotions. Head to sweatcbd.com and use code ADVANTAGE, A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, for 10% off at checkout. Advantage is the premier provider of non-traditional work, advocacy, and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training. Follow them on social media at The Advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to even more boundary-pushing content. MedBridge provides evidence-based courses, unlimited CEUs, a home exercise program featuring over 6,000 exercises, and much more. Use promo code THEADVANTAGE, that is T-H-E-A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, to get an annual MedBridge subscription for as low as $200.
So now on to this research part that I was talking about at the beginning when I said a practice of gratitude isn't some voodoo that's new age and everyone's trying to do it, but we're just kind of making it up as we go. But when we look at the research, and I promise I will not bog you down with the research, but I did want to talk about exactly how, from a psychological perspective, a practice of gratitude can be beneficial. So the literature has found two main benefits of a regular gratitude practice, and those benefits are catharsis and reciprocity. Catharsis is the process of releasing strong emotions. If you didn't know what that was, that's okay. I didn't know what that was when I read this article. I had to go look up what catharsis was. Catharsis is the process of releasing strong emotions. And reciprocity is all about the exchanging of actions. So you do something for me, I do something for you, or vice versa. We are exchanging actions. There is an exchange of energy in our relationship. It's not one way. It is two-way or a multi-way relationship. And both the release of emotions and the exchanging of positive actions aid in self-care and community creation. So essentially, through catharsis and reciprocity, humans are able to release strong emotions, which may not otherwise be expressed particularly in intellectual contexts. Think athletic training. I don't know what's more intellectual than medicine, at least the science of medicine. Catharsis allows us to release these emotions when they may not be expressed. And reciprocity generates a state of giving and service in which actions are exchanged and ultimately benefit the greater good. They ultimately benefit the community that we're a part of. So Yes, there'll be individual benefits for the individuals who are engaged in the reciprocal relationship when we practice gratitude. But the combined effects of reciprocity is the greater good is strengthened because now we have examples of positive reciprocal relationships when someone says thank you or someone demonstrates their gratitude for someone by smiling or for using their abilities and talents to help someone else without expectation of return. But if we practice gratitude, it will be returned through reciprocity. And so I find that really powerful because it provides a pretty clear framework for how even gratitude towards a transcendent gift, right, a spiritual gift, can allow us to grow and engage in a form of self-care, which, again, supports our ability to develop our hardiness, our resilience, our perseverance, to make it through those challenging times that we have as a human with poise, grace, and responsibility. So when we develop a sense of gratitude, and we're, we're working to develop gratitude, it takes practice, and it comes from feelings of blessings. The next several minutes, I'm going to provide several different activities that can help us develop our gratitude practice. I want to remind you that this isn't a thinking exercise and it's not an intellectual endeavor. This is a feeling exercise and it's really a heart centered endeavor. And as we move through these, 
you may feel uncomfortable and that's okay because we oftentimes don't take a heart-centered approach to what we need to do every day. And I think the vast majority of people on this planet uh, live in their head and not so much in their body and their feelings. So it's okay if this creates some uncomfortable feelings. Just make sure that you're in a safe place where you don't feel externally vulnerable when we engage in these activities. So the first one is called five things. What I'd like you to do is go grab a sheet of paper or pull out your phone or pull up sticky notes on your computer and simply write down five things that you're grateful for today, right now. These can be anything. They can be worldly. They can be spiritual. They can be obvious. They can be not obvious. They can be challenges. They can be positive things that have happened throughout your day. They can be a positive relationship that you had today, positive interaction with someone. They can be anything. Now that you have those five down, I want you to pick one of them. And I really want you to feel this. So maybe now that you have one of the things that you wrote down in your mind, close your eyes. Maybe put your hand on your heart, put your hand on your chest so you can feel your heartbeat. And I want to ask you these questions. Do you understand that what you have chosen could be taken away at any moment? And do you understand that some people will never get the opportunity to experience or to have the one thing that you chose you were grateful for right now? If both of those answers were yes, repeat the process with the remaining four. Feel and ask yourself these questions Every day when you're struggling or there's a difficult situation and you felt your feelings, but you're trying to find something to be grateful for, identify one of those things to be grateful for and ask yourself the questions. Do you understand that what you're grateful for now could be taken away from you at any moment? And the second question is, do you understand that some people will never have the opportunity to experience or have what you're grateful for right now? This is a powerful activity that I do on a daily basis. Every single day, five things I'm grateful for, and I pick one of those things and I ask myself these questions. I also do it randomly throughout the day when I'm having a specifically or particularly difficult day. So activity two is called five breaths. And this is another activity that I'm going to ask for your participation in. So if you would... And if you're able, you're in a safe space, you're not driving your car, you know, you're sitting down in a place where you are physically safe, I'd like you to close your eyes, put your hand on your chest, and I'd like you to take five deep breaths in and out. I'll do them with you. Last one. Now open your eyes. I want you to feel this. In the time that we did this brief activity, hundreds of people have lost their ability to take a deep breath. And some of those people will never take another breath again. 
but you still have that ability. Honor that ability, honor that blessing in your life by making the most out of every breath you have because you don't know when you won't have that ability anymore. And I'm not trying to be morbid in this activity. That's simply life. That's the non-permanence by which we exist. There will be a point in which we no longer breathe. And as much as we want to be able to predict it, and as much as we want to say that's going to be 50 years from now, that's going to be 30 years from now, that's going to be 60 years from now, that's going to be 10 years from now, it's always in the future. We don't know. You don't know when your last breath is going to be. And by honoring your breath and honoring the struggle and honoring the blessing of every single time you take a deep breath in or out, you can make a positive impact and a positive impression in those around you. And you can honor those people who have lost their ability to take a deep breath. And you can make the most out of every breath you have simply by showing up as your best self. That's not always going to happen. We're not always going to be our best self. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be challenges. That's also part of the human experience. But we cannot sit in that space forever. We have to have the ability and the hardiness and the resilience and the perseverance to pull ourselves forward. And if everything else around you feels like it's not going right, this is the activity to do for you. I do this activity when things are really hard or when they feel really hard. When I lose perspective that most of my problems are truly first world problems, the breaths center me and the breaths remind me how blessed I am to still have this ability and that I don't know when it will end, but I need to start moving in a direction rather quickly to move myself out of the space of being ungrateful or feeling sorry for myself or feeling like the world is happening to me and shift that into the mindset of the world is happening for me. This challenge, this frustration, this feeling of being overwhelmed is happening for me right this very second. So when you think about these activities, I get questions all the time about how do I know if I'm doing gratitude right? Like, I don't know if I'm doing gratitude. I don't know what, know if I feel anything. I'm not sure if this is the right way to do it. Those are questions that I get on a pretty regular basis when I talk about gratitude. The good news is that there's no right or wrong way to do gratitude. It's a process. It's a learning process. And just like any other practice or just like any other process, we don't need to focus on the outcome. We need to focus on the practice. Most of us are so in our heads, you know, we're in our heads so often that we forget to be in our heart and we forget to be in our body and feel the energy that we're creating. And when you start a gratitude practice, you may not feel anything at all. It may feel like you're going through the motions and you're simply thinking and writing. That's totally okay. That's where most people start out. That's where I started. I'd have to say I probably got through 20 pages of a journal where I simply was, every morning I was waking up and saying, I'm grateful for coffee, I'm grateful for electricity, I'm grateful for a warm bed, I'm grateful for a job, I'm grateful for this table, I'm grateful for this audiobook, 
Like <laughs> those were the things that I was doing. And I would do that every single day because I was simply thinking and writing. The practice of doing that over and over and over and over and over again unlocked access to my heart and unlocked access to my body in a space where I was simply living in my head when I was doing this activity. One trick that I learned or one one technique that I learned that really helped me move forward in starting to feel my heart and feel my body and feel the gratitude as opposed to simply think the gratitude is to not simply write one thing and move on. Rather, what I would do is I would write one thing down, I would close my eyes and hold on to what I'm grateful for in my mind for about five seconds and just experience it. When I was thinking about coffee, I would feel the warmth of, I'm grateful that it's warm. I'm grateful that the flavor and the, and the energy boost that it provides me. And I would just experience that. And by simply acknowledging that our bodies know what to do, our head, our heart, and our body, they were designed to communicate with one another. And if we give it the space and we pull back the accelerator of our mind, our body knows what to do. We just have to practice. Like I mentioned in my experience early on, maybe nothing will happen. Maybe nothing will happen for 20 times, 30 times, a month. Maybe nothing will happen when you're experiencing this and you're doing the practice. But as you do the practice, you will start to experience the feeling of gratitude in your body and in your heart. And when you feel gratitude in your body and your heart, that's a signal that you're ready to start to change your behaviors and to take action to tie in the second part of gratitude. You've got the feeling and now it's time to take action on it. For me, when I tune into my body, the feeling of gratitude, right? When, I, when I'm really in tune with my body and with my heart, the feeling of gratitude comes in the form of the hairs standing up on my arms on the, or the back of my neck. I get goosebumps. Sometimes my eyes water like I want to cry or like I want to have a release of emotions through my eyes. And sometimes I have this feeling of, I don't know how to describe it, maybe energy around my heart, kind of like my heart skipping a beat. Those are signs and signals that my body and my heart are giving me that I'm experiencing the feeling of gratitude. Some of you right now listening are probably saying, you are crazy, Kent. I don't experience that at all. I've never experienced that, and I don't think that's possible. If you're there, that's okay. Just try it. Try it out for a month. Try it out for a week. Try it out for five days. Try it out and see what happens. Just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's one of my favorite quotes or little sayings that I have when it comes to kind of reframing the game. Because we've all lived our own experiences and we've all developed this viewpoint of the world. And the challenge that we have as humans is to reframe our perspective and really reframe the game that we're playing in order to at least try to experience the full spectrum of what life has to offer and how that can influence us as professionals. So we're going to do a couple more activities. Now that you know that there is no right or no wrong way to do gratitude, I'm going to encourage you to take the next step here. 
And the reason I want you to take the next step is because in this next activity, you can learn how we can change our language to integrate gratitude throughout our day, simply by changing the words we use and simply by changing the words we use to describe situations and tasks that occur in our life. And I'm going to call this one the mirror activity. So what I want you to do is go find a mirror and stand in front of it. Look yourself in the eyes. If you're listening to this on your phone, take your phone to the bathroom right now and and look yourself in the eyes. If, If you're at a computer, write this activity down and go do it because it is a powerful activity. Now you're standing in front of a mirror. You're looking yourselves in the eye. You're, you know, you're probably looking at your left eye and then your right eye. And now you're looking at your chin. You're looking at your hairline. You're looking at you. But I want you to just for one second, look yourself in the eye. And I want you to do this for me. Tell yourself all of the things you have to do today. Be specific. Tell me all those responsibilities that you have to do. You have to go wash your car. You have to pay your bills. You have to have that conversation with that person You know who I'm talking about, and you know what the situation I'm talking about is. You have to call a plumber. You have to do the dishes. You have to do your laundry. You have to get your oil changed. You have to do your homework. You have to do your continuing education units. You have to do your documentation. You got to do the laundry, the laundry at work, that is. You have to make dinner. Before you can make dinner, you have to go grocery shopping, right? Like Think about all of those things that you need to do. You also probably need to talk to HR because you want to try to increase your investment in your retirement, right? So (laughs) there's all these things you have to do. How are you feeling? Now that you've said that, that's what I want you to do. I want you to just, for the next couple seconds, you can press pause here and then come back when you're done. I want you to just unload, unload with all of those things you have to do, all of those responsibilities you have to get done today or tomorrow or this week or all of those things you've been putting off for six months, eight months, a year that you really need to get working on right now. Press pause, do that, and then come back. I'll be here for you. All right. Now that you're back and you've done that, how are you feeling? Probably pretty heavy. You may be feeling a little overwhelmed. <laughs> you, you, your heart may be racing a little bit. You may be like, I need to get off this podcast right now because I have 10 million things to do that I have to get done. Bear with me here. Now, take one big deep breath. You're still standing in front of the mirror. I want you to look yourself in the eye again. And I want you to think of all of those same things that were on your have to list. But instead of saying, I have to do X, Y, and Z, I want you to change your language. And I want you to repeat the same list that you said, I have to do my laundry, I have to do the laundry at work, I have to pay my bills, I have to have that conversation, I've got to pay my car payment, all of those things you have to do. I want you to do the same list or as much of the list as you can remember. I want you to start each of those responsibilities with, I get to. So I get to wash the car, I get to pay my bills, I get to have that difficult conversation. So I want you to go ahead and do that. The same list that you went through or a similar list that you went through with all of your have-tos, simply change one word in that sentence and change it from have-to to to get-to. Go ahead and press pause. We'll be here after you get done doing that list. Okay, now check in with how you're feeling. How are you feeling right now that you've shifted one word? Maybe you feel the same. 
Maybe you're like, well, I just changed a word. It's not that big a deal. Maybe you feel a little lighter. Maybe you start to see that it's a good thing that you get to do the dishes. That means you have dishes to get done. It's a good thing that you need to pay the car payment because some people don't have a car. It's a good thing that I get to do documentation because some athletic trainers don't have a job right now, so they don't get to do documentation. And the last step is to take another deep breath, look yourself in the eye in the mirror again, and I want you to use the same list as your have to and your get to. But instead of saying, I get to do X, Y, and Z, say, I'm blessed to do X, Y, and Z. So you're going to shift from I get to, to I'm blessed to. Again, use that same list. I'm blessed to wash the car. I'm blessed to pay my car payment. I'm blessed to have a really difficult conversation. I'm blessed to do the laundry. Go ahead and repeat your list, whatever that is, and use the starting phrase, I'm blessed to. Go ahead and press pause as you do that, and we'll be here when you get back. So if you're like me, by the time I rattled off all of my blessed to list, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm laughing a little bit at myself. Like I'm, I have this like giggle. It's, it's kind of funny when I do this because I get this like little adolescent or childlike giggle because the pressure has lightened and because I'm understanding that all of these things that were on my mind and, and all of these things that my mind was telling me were like are really hard and I have to do them and they're just these burdens in my life. They're really blessings in my life that someone would trade places with me in an instant. And I like to use the car payment one or paying insurance. If I had a car payment and I had to pay it, I'm like, I'm just putting it off. I'm just putting it off. I'm just putting it off. And there was someone who didn't have the means to have a car payment. If they wanted to switch places with me in that instant, I'm sure that they would switch places with me. If say, given the choice, you cannot have a car and you don't ever have to make a car payment or you have this car, and with this car, you have the means to pay it, but you have to pay it at the same time every month. Nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, the person would gladly trade places with you if the only thing they had to do was, on a monthly basis, make sure they paid the money to keep the car. So <laughs> it really shifts my perspective in an instant. Now, if you're not like me, and you didn't feel anything, if I have to, I, I'm, I get to, and I'm blessed to feel all the same for you, that's okay. Keep at it. Just like I mentioned before, gratitude is a practice. And just like any other practice, it's not about the outcome. It's about the process. So developing a practice of gratitude is how we move from practicing gratitude to living in gratitude. There's no difference except it's continued practice over time. And if you're not practicing it, you can never live in it. So release yourself of the outcomes, whether you're feeling of gratitude or not, and simply keep going forward. Keep trying. Keep showing up. Keep showing up to do the work and do the work for you. You're not doing the work for anyone else. Keep promises to yourself to engage in a gratitude practice. And to help with this, I want to start a five-day gratitude challenge with you right now. 
So the last activity I'm going to leave you with today is this. It's this challenge. Starting today, starting right now after this episode, you can even use the five things that you've written down earlier today in this episode. Starting today and for the next five days, find a time in your day. Maybe it's the same time every day. Maybe it's not the same time every day, but find a time during the day to write down five things you're grateful for every single day for the next five days. Just like I mentioned before, don't just write them down. As you write each of them down, spend three to five seconds of feeling the gratitude. Make sure that you join in on this and share your experience on social media and bring a little joy to your feed. Everyone could use a little joy on their social media news feed. So maybe write down and in a tweet or on an Instagram post or on a Facebook post, say or write down or create an image of the five things that you're grateful for today and make sure you tag me on that so I can celebrate with you, that I can celebrate your practice of gratitude with you. So that's the challenge, the five-day gratitude challenge. In closing, I want to end today's episode with this. I am so tremendously grateful that you took the time to listen and engage with me on this topic today. Athletic training can be difficult, it can be challenging, and it can be frustrating, so much so that it threatens our professional vitality and it threatens our professional sustainability. But by incorporating a gratitude practice, we can engage in self-care to improve our professional vitality, and it makes athletic training a more sustainable profession for each and every one of us to do what we love to do every single day, day in and day out. Thank you. We've partnered with OnlineTherapy.com. That's Online-Therapy.com, a complete counseling toolbox where you get the support and tools you need to be happier, and it's all based on cognitive behavioral therapy. Head over to Opportune.at slash online therapy. That's opportune.at slash online therapy to get started for free and enjoy 20% off of your first month of therapy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Reframe the Game. If you found value or were inspired by this episode, please share it with a colleague or a friend so we can collectively have conversations in order to grow and develop both as humans and professionals. 